0: Well, Aaron, we finally made it. 2021 has arrived. And as such, everything from 2020 is completely over. And so I think we should do a retrospective. And I think the best way to do this is to use the film that we are reviewing today and uh, go through Rapunzel's 20-step guide to quarantining effectively and see uh, which of the things... That she does when she's stuck in her tower that we did when we were stuck in our house this last year.
1: Uh, just uh, FYI, folks, we did not vet this uh, whenever we were uh, starting. So go ahead, Liz. I'm interested to see how this goes.
0: Uh, So the first thing Rapunzel did in quarantine was uh sweep till the floor is all clean. Did you sweep?
1: I did not. No, I vacuumed, but in I definitely... In
0: 2020, in 2020, did you clean Oh, yeah, did you clean sure the at floors? one point,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. H- keep your fingers up. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, never have I ever. Did you polish and wax? No. No, that's unfortunate. Do laundry? Yes. Did you mop and shine up? We're not moppers. I feel bad now. This no. Is gonna, nope. we, yeah,
1: we don't mop our floors. It's really weird.
0: Uh, did you read a book or maybe two or three?
1: Uh, I definitely read at least one book.
0: Uh, Did you add any paintings to your gallery?
1: Uh, If you want to say painted miniatures, yes.
0: There you go. Uh, Did you play guitar? No. Knit? Yes. Yeah, you did. Cook? Yes. Excellent. Uh, Any puzzles?
1: Did we put together a puzzle? I feel like we did.
0: Okay. Darts? Darts? no we threw knives but that doesn't count oh no
1: we did throw knives i I would count that we'll
0: count it uh baking yeah any paper mache no Hmm. bit of ballet (laughs) no chess we did
1: we did yes we did play pottery uh yeah
0: (laughs) ventriloquy no candle making
1: uh, no, but I did get you a candle making kit for, yes. so you can count that. That would yes.
0: be 2021.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, did I, I think I made the cats talk at one point, so I did do vitriloquy. <laughs>
0: we'll count it then. Yeah. Stretch. Yes. Sketch.
1: Yes. Take yeah. a climb. Oh. Did, we wanted we d- to, but we wanted did not. To. We did not climb this year. Sew
0: so a dress. No. Uh, did you reread any books?
1: Um I'm going to go ahead and say no. Yes, no, I did. Phantom Tollbooth. Yes,
0: you did. Did you paint the walls? We, we did paint our cabinets. I'm going to call this a Count win. It. Count it. And then did you brush and brush and brush your hair?
1: I don't brush my hair. I uh <gasps> finger comb it.
0: All of 2020 not 20, not a single brushing. All right. So you have your numbers. Let's see. How many did you do?
1: Uh I believe either 11 or 16.
0: I think I also got to 16. So I think you and I are tied for amount of things that we did during quarantine, according to Rapunzel. But he's Aaron.
1: She's Elizabeth. And
0: we're We're married married to the idea. idea. And we have a guest today, uh, Rich in the studio. Rich, how many of Rapunzel's quarantine things did you do this past year?
2: I will say that it would be 16, but I will not uh, expand on what those 16 were.
0: That seems unfair, Rich. He, he did a bunch I of I did ballet. see your fingers go up at certain points. I should be allowed to share that, but I will not, for your privacy. <laughs> uh, you know,
2: yeah, in quarantine, you do a lot.
0: <laughs> uh, well, we are super excited to have you here in the studio with us today. It is our first episode of 2021 and our first episode of season five, and I'm Ooh. excited. Oh,
2: I
1: forgot about that we changed yes. seasons uh, during the uh, hey, during the year.
2: Hey, uh, this is an honor. I mean... <laughs> To be one of your guests that you know was in the top ten of your top one hundred episodes. So you know my goal was is Blues to... Brothers
1: one the
0: top ten? Yes. Oh wow, I
2: if Yeah, heard... I was number eight, I was wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if you've
0: heard uh... Richard's voice before, that's where you heard it from.
2: Oh, that's where I recognize it.
0: Uh let's do the plug party real quick, and then we're gonna get into our episode. You can find us on Facebook at Married to the Idea. You can find us online uh, at marriedtotheidea.weebly.com you can sponsor us on patreon at patreon.com slash to the idea you can email us at married to the idea reviews at gmail.com and if you forget any of that head to our website all of it is there we are on soundcloud and itunes and if you haven't checked it out uh we do other shows within the married to the idea banner like live steven universe episodes sometimes we just do choose your own adventure books (laughs) we've we've gotten loose as the year has (laughs) rolled on we
1: just figured out that steven universe future is on hbo max so
0: that will be coming back to facebook live this year
1: somehow some way
0: uh but that's all the plugs i want to do because i'm really excited for the movie that we picked today we rich has come over several times as we have debated and debated, what movies should we talk about? And we went back and forth on so many different ideas, and literally, looking through our DVDs, we're just like, I have, I have strong feelings on Tangled. I'm like, let's do it.
1: <laughs> you said, it uh, I think you said at one point, it's like, I can talk for hours on Tangled.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and we're looking at the list, and uh, I don't know how many of my friends will actually listen to this, but It shouldn't come as a surprise because, well, I'm a big cinephile, I love movies, and I worked at a movie theater, Um, and I remember being at the theater when this movie came out, and I found myself watching this movie quite a bit as just it being a solidly, amazingly well-told animated film.
0: It's really quite fantastic. I think the reason why it strikes so many people that way, like it does with you, Rich, is that it feels like a return to form it feels like the classic renaissance disney film that we love told anew once again uh not to say that disney should stay in its lane but i really do disney think, stay in your lane i think there's something incredibly special about the formula of disney taking these dark and macabre <laughs> fairy tales absolutely meant to scare children's pants off before they went to bed and to just
1: never leave home children never. or the mother gothel will get you all.
0: <laughs> cackle 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 <laughs> uh so i'm sure most of the people we, we don't often talk about movies that we just love because we're pretty basic bitches and most movies we love are ones that everyone else loves But like, we are. hey
1: go- i love this thing well so duh, do we all do but do you love it for this reason yeah oh
0: So I'd love to use this time to talk about like what specifically we really do enjoy about this movie as a whole and then get into some deep dive trivia, because I saw both of you boys on your phone on IMDb during that film. And I was taking some notes as well, honestly. Uh, So uh, let's dive into it. Aaron, speak to me on your... First, this is obviously not our first time watching (laughs) Tangled, but uh, what do you enjoy so much about it? What do you remember the first time you watched it that you like really dug?
1: I really dug the humor. Um, It's uh, when it is on. I mean, it's never really off, but when it's on, it's very quick paced. It reminded me a little bit of like a Looney Tunes cartoon with a fast, fast paced action and like the body contortions and everything like that. I remember Rapunzel just being the sweetest damn thing and then um i uh, i remember knowing that it was um not zach braff uh zachary <laughs> levi who that's i a totally different movie. Who, yeah uh yeah that's chicken little um i adored zach zachary levi in chuck so seeing him grow from a kind of a awkward nerd to a very suave spy in that this just feels like the natural regression to be like you know uh uh something rogue uh puckish rogue or something like that um i really and, and i remember liking the music i know since then my appreciation for the music has grown um exponentially because uh at one point i worked at a place where i was doing kind of menial tasks and we weren't supposed to listen to music but i snuck in a headphone and of course now it'd be super easy to put a headphone in uh, for the bluetooth wireless
2: ones uh, but that I was just back
0: in the olden days when you had to like snake an entire cord down your shirt and hope that no one noticed your Walkman and just like <laughs> turn your head
2: always whenever anybody walked by.
0: Put a hand over your ear.
1: Yeah, I I wore things with uh, collars or like vests with collars so I could hide it a little bit more. <laughs> um, and I would listen, but I couldn't. I didn't have internet access uh, because uh, it was I was basically on a warehouse floor. And um, I didn't have many things to listen to on my phone or the things I really wanted to listen to, and I needed like whole albums of things. And I remember there was like a week straight where I just listened to this album <laughs> and uh, you know, learned all the lines and everything like that. So um, yeah, that's what I remember. What about you, Liz?
0: For me, I think the thing that I enjoy most about it is this is one of the few Disney movies where both of the leads are developed and get character arcs. Often we kinda like, oh Disney princesses, there's a backlash against that, and then a backlash against the backlash. Personally I like the Disney princesses. I like that so much of my childhood is based on watching these women overcome adversity. But I will say that the princess tend to be super underdeveloped. Uh so when I think about good Disney couples, I honestly think about Aladdin Princess Jasmine, Bell and Beast, uh Tiana and Naveen. Ones where they both have arcs and growth and character that they can work towards and build off of. Uh, that's why I like Tangled so much, I think, is that it really is both of their stories and both of them just coming together in the most beautiful, believable sort of Disney romance. It's it's so genuine and it, some of it just it, it brings me back. It, it gives me all the nostalgia feels, even though it's not an old movie. It makes me feel that way.
2: And there's, there's I hate to burst your old bubble, but it's getting close, I man. We're talking about 10 years. That kind of like really sunk me when I saw that we are now at the 10-year anniversary of this film, Jesus I guess in a couple Christ. months. So I know you want to sit there and hold on to your youth and say, not an old film, but... We're, we're starting to get to that point where even now, new kids don't even know what this is.
0: I still think it's 2007. At every turn, I, that's when I stopped aging physically. Yeah. So,
2: Liz got photos done for her
1: job, and she looks
0: and there's student, there's school photos. Yeah, they look like they were taken when I was in school.
1: You could put them up against her high school photos, and there's not much of a oh, difference.
2: I, I mean, I know this is a podcast, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I can second. I mean, she does not age. I mean, I've looked at my, like, work photos that are a year apart, and I feel like (laughs) 10 years of it has, like, I've just physically aged. So, uh, embrace it, because I can tell you it does not last long.
0: That's what all the adults say. I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to try.
1: And... I had a point and I completely <laughs> forgot it.
0: It <laughs> doesn't often happen to you, Aaron. You always have something to say.
1: Uh, yeah. Um,
0: it's all right. Keep thinking on it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, Maybe
2: we'll get to the point where how I like the film. Yeah, that's. I well,
1: was
0: that what you were going to. to ask, Aaron? Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I may be
1: in it. So Rich. What did you how did you like the movie?
2: So I I come from it as a completely different side of the spectrum because you know, I saw it while I worked at a theater. It wasn't a movie that I was looking forward to. You know? Don't have kids, there's really no reason. But when you work as I was a projectionist for most of my time when I worked at when well, there was actually film and not digital. Um, I spent a lot of time upstairs, you know, starting films and seeing that aspect and you see a lot of different stuff. And I remember watching Tangled and sitting there thinking, like, I mean, you you, you grow to appreciate good movies because you see everything. You start to realize the differences between good, average, and <laughs> not so good.
0: So do you have a dizzy nostalgia that uh, really drives you back absolutely. to them even as an adult?
2: Yeah, you because know, you were talking about how, you know, princes have a tendency to be underdeveloped. And I'm like, oh, you mean like every voiceless character that existed in cinderella or beauty the, or uh, sleeping beauty and stuff like that where you could literally pick one and put them in another and I it would have changed
0: has 14 lines of dialogue or 14 minutes of screen time in that whole film yeah. like there was a t- and sleeping beauty is gorgeous the entire art style is fantastic but you could tell that it was for that not for story that was not the reason we were here
2: but you were i mean you're spot on i grew up in the 80s and i you know my my family those disney at home those vhs big like huge clamshells right (laughs) i mean i grew up like whether it was fox and the hound and like all the cinderella sleeping or you know sleeping beauty um snow white i mean that was my childhood and then my first movies in theater were like aladdin beauty and the beast um and uh I don't think I ever saw Little Mermaid, but I did watch... Uh,
0: that uh, was a blank spot Ryan in my King. repertoire, too. Like, I'm not going to lie. I That was one of the few Disney VHSs we did not own. I don't recall anything of watching that from my childhood. I
2: remember watching it just because, like, you know, I grew up in a Disney household. So, like, that was part <laughs> of, you know, before Disney Plus, it was our Disney Plus of VHS sets. Because, uh, you know... When you're an only child, you got to entertain somehow. So <laughs> for me, I did grow up with Disney nostalgia. And then I feel like there was a large portion of time where there were stuff that came out that I had zero interest. And so this was kind of the first film. I remember Princess and the Frog, which came out before this. It was a good film. Mm-hmm. I liked it, but it was like, to me, it wasn't anything. I watched this film and how we got started on this podcast was like I said, this is probably the best animated movie of the 2000s because of the quality of the story. Now, it's with a caveat.
0: What is the caveat?
2: Pixar is not involved in
0: this. Yeah, we're not talking about Pixar films you here. You can't
2: talk about best animated films.
1: No. It, it, Pixar's uh, repertoire has grown to the extent that it has to be considered on its own. You cannot... It's like considering uh, the... Marvel movies and the Marvel TV shows, two completely separate entities.
0: They're made for different things. Pixar excels at talking about secret worlds and exposing their inner workings. And that's the cool part of Pixar. Pixar did not start off doing fairy tale princess stories and i think a big part of that is why brave did so terribly like they again did should we all just stay in our wheelhouse should we never expand never grow? just do what we which know which is funny because i really like that movie i know like but looking back it has, on it, i really enjoyed it too it's
2: very stale in the sense of you could tell it's like like all the movies they've done before like up and toy story and it's all the not things in the same wheelhouse. there wasn't anything that really pushed but it has billy conley in it so to me it's one of the best movies
1: <laughs> and I love Billy Connolly and his character is great in it. Uh it, the problem is is the characters are great and brave but the story is just it's weak. Mm-hmm. Um it it tries but it doesn't try enough. So but going back to the movie in hand, um you know I figure we could gush for a little bit longer if we want. Um,
0: I actually want to like pull up something interesting that I had about the villain, because uh, we were watching this, and I thought to myself, most of what we watched as we kept pausing and unpausing and pausing and unpausing was most of the beginning is spent looking at Mother Gothel mm-hmm. and Rapunzel's relationship. Um, and this struck me that I hadn't thought of before, the idea that Mother Gothel is a Disney villain who only has control over one person's life and the only other disney villain i can think of that truly epitomizes that is another disney villain that doesn't get included in the disney villain pantheon we talk about scar and hades and maleficent you know the big bads the one i'm thinking of is lady tremaine oh and the only villainous thing she does is have control over one person's life cinderella and she just makes her life a living hell
2: yeah but that look though that look though to everybody else she's
0: just a normal person. Well, everybody
2: assumes. They don't assume that there's anything nefarious going on. She's exactly. just as like, but, yeah, it's her mission to make sure that Cinderella doesn't realize her path.
0: Exactly. And it kind of speaks to me. I think that's why Mother Gothel is, like, a good villain. Perhaps not in the big, you know scar hades sort of way but i enjoy her because she seems a bit more real in that lady tremaine terrifying like really there aren't this is the kind of evil person that someone could experience in their life someone who just their only goal is just to completely gaslight this one person under their control to make them how they want them to be so would you consider aaron mother Gothel like one of the disney villains oh fuck yeah
1: um Mother Gothel is such a unique, excuse me, unique villain compared to the uh, the rest of them. I wouldn't actually put it next to Lady Tremaine, though. I see the parallels you're trying to uh, trying to draw. I would actually put her next to, like, in similarities and stuff like that. Um, uh, Frollo.
0: Frollo is another one. One person's life.
1: Yeah, one person's life. Now he, he, he and Mother Gothel do so much more than just control and manipulate slightly here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frollo is actively evil for in the sake of the or in the name of the church or in the name of the law. Um, and Gothel is very selfish, gaslighting, and everything like that. So I would put that more as a. Par- uh, I would put her in a parallel of uh, Frollo. Which it's funny because the dagger that she uses is identical to the dagger that
2: Frodo uses. I love which, that little piece of trivia. Which we haven't gotten to like all the trivia aspect, but like that's the thing I appreciate about this movie is that it, it harkens to the past and it brings up a, there's a lot of symbolism and like artifacts, as you could say, that were used in other movies that make its presence in this. And so it, to me, it routine like routinely. Cements itself as part of that era of films that a lot of people grew up watching. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, it's just when you go and you watch it, you know, 10, 20 times, you always spot something new, whether it's the Pinocchio uh, doll. And uh, w- w- I always forget the name of the, the some duckling. Snuggly. Thank you. Snuggly. I always want to keep saying ugly duckling, but the Snuggly yeah.
1: duckling. I think that's the, the, I think it's both like, oh, Snuggly duckling and then the ugly duckling. I think it's a, a twofer.
2: But then you see the spin wheel from uh, Sleeping Beauty, or no. No, yeah. Yeah, it's you had sleeping, it right. It's yeah. The, the, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, you see things. And I, like it's it, Look, like, when you're like that level of caring about something, you appreciate it because that means the artists and the storytellers thought enough of that individual to put stuff in the film for
0: The visual storytelling in this film is. Chef's kiss because there's so much that they do without words. We were talking about how the king and queen have no dialogue, and yet everything you need to know about them is plain in how they act and their faces. I have such emotion for these two characters, and they never say a word. and that's the beauty of like a really talented animator, just yeah. to go in and perfectly say it. uh the montage of them getting to town. Uh, and all the things that Rapunzel does that Eugene shows her, the library and the chalk drawing and trying foods, like it's it's building and crescendoing, and it's all visual. Uh,
1: when she uh, first walks into the the village, um, or, you know, where Corona is, and um, she uh, kind of opens up the doors and just stares in awe, and is like looking, trying to absorb everything. Uh, the filmmakers actually wanted to emulate when people go into Walt Disney world and Disneyland uh, and they're just like taken aback by I'm in Disney. I'm in a, I'm, I'm walking into a movie that's right now.
2: So sweet. Where'd you get that info there, Aaron?
1: Uh, a little site called IMDB. Have you oh, heard of it? Oh my
2: goodness. I, I felt like that was something I had read. Yeah. No, yes. no, but look, I mean, that's, you know, it's artists using real life as inspiration and, you know, you appreciate That level of authenticity when you're trying to create this medium that, in in my opinion, is very difficult because, you know, kids, especially adults, I think adults maybe lose a little bit. But kids definitely read body language or or you're picking up on these visual cues. And animation, things are more exaggerated because they have to be. But even still, when we're talking about the king and queen, zero words Mm -hmm. the entire time. They don't have a lot of screen time, but the time that they have every scene is like important because you 100% feel both their pain and the joy at the beginning and the end. And you know, to do that through just pure animation, I still think is difficult.
0: Their visuals. Like if, if I may be bold at this one, how dare you? I know. I'm sorry. I'm going to flex my art knowledge for just a minute here. Um, One of the executive producers on this film was Glenn Kane. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but Glenn Keane is like the reason that you love some of your favorite iconic animations um and he is the master of crafting emotional language through visual medium um it's all subtle stuff such subtle stuff uh even you look back to beauty and the beast just one eyebrow raised and suddenly the whole mood of the piece has shifted and it's like realizing oh, i'm gotta be stopping such a dick and actually be nice to this person
1: why are you arching your eyebrow like that it's a medical condition (laughs) how dare you call it out
0: just all of the uh the quickness and all of it i think has a lot to do with glenn being such an involved part of tangled uh his daughter actually is the person who designed all of rapunzel's paintings Mm. like the stuff that she paints is just her like going crazy with this visual style that she's really into And I love that they took that and applied that to this character. Again, just that passion and that intriguing art.
2: And can we applaud, like, so much, I guess, my biggest criticism of movies as somebody who's watched a ton is just this, like, this ability to sit back and just just retread old things. And, I mean, look, I understand. You're making Rapunzel or Tangled, and it's based off of, an uh, old story just like a lot of other things, but they push certain levels of technology and animation and like they they raise the bar just like when Pixar released Toy Story. I I always say like there's there's a couple films that always like hold me back. Like as far as why I look and say they're they're transformational. And it's Jurassic Park and Toy Story. I watched both those films and they completely changed the way I look at cinema when you are able when you're courageous enough to push the boundary on these things and it pays off like this then these are the movies that get remembered and these are the things that people well end up talking on podcast about
1: (laughs) Uh, you know 10 almost 10 years later um i do want to hark back for just a second um to the visuals like how you know the the king and queen communicate entire sentences with just looks and everything like that that was done so well but um something else i wanted to call out and uh kind of gush about is uh something i've started to notice that better films can do well and it's leading the audience through a character's um train of thought uh a movie that we were considering talking about plane Strains and automobiles actually does this a couple of times throughout the movie just to show you the genius of john hughes we were actually going to do a john hughes retrospective but we decided <laughs> on tangled instead um it's so happening it's just... uh in plane trains and automobile you see him actually trying to picture where he knew john candy from and it ended up being him stealing the cab and they actually brought a door into the airport. A
0: cab door and just put it in front of his face. And it's, it's like... that's
1: it. They don't bring a cab to just bring the door. And it's it's such a cool way to visualize that. And then later on in the movie he's thinking about his family that he's about to go actually be able to go see and laughing and stuff like that. And then laughing with John Candy and how John Candy has been traveling with him and everything like that. And you just you get to see this uh, mental progression in a visual format so tangled does this as well when rapunzel starts to realize who she actually is and she you literally there's no words spoken in this like 30 second to two minute segment where she holds up the little patch and then she looks up at her ceiling looks at the patch kind of goes back and forth sees the hidden symbols that she herself had put in there um and then she realized that she could steal the decoration of independence oh wait this is a different movie (laughs) Um, then she realizes that like she had seen it when she was a child and then she she doesn't even fully see the king and queen from her memory because she was super young, but she remembers seeing them and then connects the dots when she was at the uh the fountain, I think, or you know, where the lost princess uh mosaic, memorial was. Yeah. Mosaic, thank you. Uh the mosaic was.
0: A fun little callback to the mobile she has above her bed mm-hmm. has different symbols that she sees throughout her life, like a little chameleon and a duck. And a flying angel, Cupid,
1: and uh, a horse, and then a bluebird as yeah. well. Um, and when she's staring at the mosaic while they're in town, uh, there's a quick little like back and forth. Again, another John Hughes movie, uh, Ferris Wheelers Day Off. When Cameron's staring at the, uh, the painting, the, the painting, and a, Sunday the,
0: afternoon at Le Grand Jacques.
1: Exactly, and you hear clarinet music playing during that time. You hear like two uh, two notes from the clarinet, and then she turns around, and there's a clarinet player behind her. So, I thought those were really fun. But when you see this visual progression and there's no words broken, but you know, you understand every ounce of what they're trying to say is amazing to be able to do that. And, you know, not just randomly have a surprise villain of Hans.
0: <laughs> Thank you for not doing a surprise villain. Like, I get why people have been doing that with Disney and Pixar recently. Surprise villains, twist villains. It's like, ah, oh, cool. You never saw him coming. But you also reduce the ability to create a really memorable villain in the style of the Disney Renaissance. Um, if I might compare Mother Gothel to Thanos for just a moment, because here's my hot take and of there the goes episode. All, all,
1: all three both, of our listeners. They <laughs> no, no, both
2: no. did go to dust. So
0: They did dust, but mostly, uh, this is something that Aaron always picked up I on. I am inevitable. She is inevitable.
1: I know best.
0: Uh, <laughs> that, was, that, was that was clever. That was clever. It was clever. It, it was very good. But the more we the more we acknowledge it, the bigger your head gets, and your headphones will fall off eventually. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, Aaron notices this every time we watch the movie. That when Mother Gothel hugs or embraces or refers to Rapunzel, it is always through her hair. She touches her hair, her head. She calls her her flower. When she, she
1: when she kisses her, she literally leans her head down so she can kiss the hair.
0: When she talks about keeping her safe and sound, dear, she's touching her hair. It's, it's all very clear if you're looking for it. That's truly what she loves. Um, in a way that Eugene pushes her hair back to see her to be part of her. Her hair is not who, what defines her. Uh,
1: to Mother Gothel, she is the how the hair can give her the power, whereas for Flynn, the hair is just an extension of her.
0: Mm -hmm. So to get back to Thanos, it's like when people say, well, Thanos loved Gamora, and that is why the universe gave him the Soul Stone. And we've talked about that before, and I'm not going to again, but I like that this movie does blur the line i think in a better way did she actually ever love rapunzel i would say no i think she loved her for what she could provide her i think that you know and people like i think you could talk about this more from more of a abuser abusive relationship or a parent child relationship but i think that the movie does lay all the clues out to say that she actually didn't ever love her and that's why well, I don't feel bad about
1: her dying? <laughs> she loves what Rapunzel could give her, and so in a way she loved her, but not. She doesn't truly love her like her parents or uh, Flinda. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think that is actually unless you had a point there, Rich.
2: No, I I think what you're I, I see what you're saying. Like you know, it's one of those I, one of the the themes that this the whole story in general. And I'm talking like Brother Grimm level is that it is and i want to use the trigger word of 2020 is it's the toxic parenting ship of a child and that mother gothel you know it's more of a representation of keeping a woman basically <laughs> kind of interesting but it's to keep the a girl basically celibate as long as possible until they find somebody who's worthy and you know this toxic relationship is kind of in interesting because you say like does she love the object or does she love the person and i think you can say kind of both because i, I mean like 18 years she provided her for food and care and everything I else i thought
0: that but she's been alive for hundreds of years she probably doesn't even form relationships the same way that any of us would yeah
1: because she says uh l- the way she's able to like flirt and everything like that shows a disconnect with um with, with not reality but with people in general they're
0: all pawns but they're i all exactly
2: right but i think even to a certain extent even like a certain relationship of need involves even a superficial level of love mm-hmm. because you're choosing to do something now it's a selfish reason mm. but you know, I think for the most part of I me, mean, I don't think you go through that extent ever. If you just, now it could be just because she loves something as an idealistic version of her daughter. that doesn't really exist and looks past the actual character, but you know, at least in her mind, that's where it is. Cause like, clearly she would do anything for her again. It comes out of selfish reason, mm-hmm. but you know, I, it is. I mean, it's an interesting thing. You know, it's, uh to find out whether if there is anything more substantial than just that desire to stay young Mm -hmm. um yeah and
1: i think it's more it's like she loves the idea of her it's kind of like what you're saying with the the simulacrum of a daughter that rapunzel has become rapunzel truly loves her at that time as a mother, because she believes her to be her mother. What what else does she know? Nothing. Sure, nothing else. Um. So in the same way, like Thanos loves the idea of Gamora, um,
2: that there could be something that like depends on him.
1: Yeah, because it's it's essentially like he loves something that doesn't love her back. Where whereas he had the love of something that he didn't give two shits about because he kept trying to change her and make her robotic and shit like that. So, um, but getting off of Thanos. Please. Um, there was one more visual <laughs> thing that I uh, want to touch on, and then we're going to head head, in, head into the sponsor dome. Um, nice. Another uh, visual thing that I I noticed more so with this time, uh, every time they would go back to the tower. So when you first see the tower, it's bright, it's sunny, it's colorful. Uh, when Mother Gothel goes it gets dark because she believes that she has lost Rapunzel completely and totally. So she is like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? Um, and even though when it cuts back to Rapunzel and Flynn, it's bright daytime. So it's more I think it's more of a, what she is seeing. We're kind of seeing the tower through her lens that the the tower is dark, not because Rapunzel's gone, but because the magic is gone. And then um, If we are
0: looking at the show, that follows this and you and i are a big fan of the tangled series yeah uh rapunzel actually kind of has like a ptsd of the tower when she does have to go back
1: oh yeah she gets like trapped there for a minute yeah oh it was it was it was rough Mm -hmm. um but then when rapunzel does return to the tower after believing that flynn you know deserted her and everything all the colors are muted there it's not as bright it's not as colorful it's not as sunny um even like whenever you see outside it almost looks overcast the the light is not as yet warm or inviting um so it's it's a very it's it's very subtle and um even when uh, the reprise of mother knows best happens uh the exterior shots or not exterior but um the exterior of their conversation the Slow, fog's rolling in. Because, because she's clouding her mind. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah.
0: I like that,
1: Aaron. I I cannot I
2: thought the exact same
1: thing. I cannot claim I cannot claim that. <laughs> so, um, but I think that's a perfect opportunity to take us into the sponsor dome.
0: Two sponsors enter. One sponsor leaves.
1: As always, our reigning champion is Audible. Uh Course, today's show is brought to you by it. Uh, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30 day trial membership. Just go to slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs to download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to slash married to the idea to get started today. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. Liz, what's our recommendation today?
0: Well, I'm trying to keep going in 2021 as I did in 2020. One book a week. And the book that I read this week is called The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea. And it's by Maggie Takuda Hall. Uh, I also read The Prince and the Dressmaker, but that is a graphic novel. And as such, (laughs) would not be appropriate to recommend for Audible. Um, I really like this story because the title makes you think it's about something else completely different i showed this to a friend he's like i'm not interested in this and then he read the interior i'm like oh it's nothing like i thought it was uh it opens with a uh, pirate ship disguising as a fancy ship to take fancy people off to their new destinations but then they just end up in the middle of the journey taking them all and selling them into slavery and this pirate uh this girl who has to take on the identity of a man in order to gain respect and be allowed to remain on the ship. Uh,
1: Which there, there's actually two reported cases of women actually doing this uh, to the point where they like try to bet each other because they believe they knew that the other one was a woman and she's trying to show that they were a better person at being a man. And then they discovered that they're both women.
0: <laughs> well, it turns out uh, she ends up sympathizing with and falling in love with, uh, someone from the colonies the people who have taken over all of these islands and sworn enemies couldn't possibly find anything in common uh uh, there are mermaids in it uh they're real dope and uh the sea is like its own entity like its own god
1: kind of like moana a little bit
0: yeah uh the there's so much cool stuff It really smashes the patriarchy, which I do love. And I love that it ends. I will not say how it ends, but I do appreciate how it ends, because sometimes stories like this can be like, and then they just accepted the society that they lived in and carried on. It's like when like the new Mulan, where she just became a girl boss instead of overthrowing this entire antiquated system of government. You know, it's something like that. So uh, if you like pirates, (laughs) if you like sea stories, if you like magic, and if you like
1: pina coladas, getting getting caught caught in the rain, rain,
0: I recommend The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea. uh,
1: It is available on Audible. It's only about nine hours and 34 minutes. uh, Rated pretty highly, four stars, um, and uh, is narrated by Kate Rudd. So go and check out The Mermaid, The Witch, and the sea uh rich you actually have something for a contender this week don't you
2: don't don't
0: know. so Sorry.
2: there's been this not well-known series that i've watched i don't think very many people have heard of it it's called cobra kai i know i know at least uh two hensley boys that would completely disagree with you <laughs> uh yeah and one of the hensley boys who i know very well a friend of mine he is probably the probably i don't know fan club of the karate kid series i don't know the
1: other hensley boy actually has a signed picture from billy zapka you want to know how i know that because i gave it to him oh oh, good (laughs) we got it from like a box or something like that i'm like hey do you want this picture of billy
2: zapka he's like
1: yes i I
2: would be curious to to know their conversations with each other because i guarantee you they'll try to outdo each other but (laughs) i i i I was one of those i didn't watch scobra kai all the way until the third season released so i've seen season one season two season three all together and for somebody who watched karate kid in the 80s and all that stuff and to see it on um, the way that it's been presented i think it's a fantastic series i really do I, I recommend it just about anybody who you know remembers that time period uh you know obviously all the originals whether it's uh ralph macchio mm-hmm. Zapka, Martin Cove, uh, who I swear, as John Crease is like truly the most cringe worthy villain you will ever come across, <laughs> and he still does it. Like, I mean, he's the one that plays the the massive. Uh, there
1: is no weakness in my dojo yes, guy. Okay. He's okay the very
2: fir- in the very first film. He's the one that like is basically the psychotic, and he's still like. Nothing has changed in, in, I, I mean, it's just like watching the original film.
1: I think like he t- takes that in very good humor because not only does he do the commercials where he plays like the, <laughs> the Koala Kai, the, yeah, the Koala Kai, like, <laughs> what are you going to do with your 15 minutes? I don't know. Train, do some yoga. Maybe ask Willem if he wants to go out for dinner or something like that. Like, it just it was like him. But the thing is, he does it with the same energy and tone as uh, the original uh, character. Or when he appeared in Tosh .point oh, O as the character, and he's like, "You want to honk my? Because uh, at one at, at the end of the skit, uh, some kid defeats another kid or whatever, and he goes, "You want to honk my nose, don't you?" And Tosh or Daniel Tosh just kind of shakes or nods his head, and he goes. Go ahead, and he and he does, and he, like he's like begrudgingly letting him do it. But I like, I feel like in real life he's just a super nice guy. So I like, I kind of have to respect that that he he is taking it in good humor.
2: And one of the things that the reason why I recommend this is because we've talked about this off podcast. We literally have podcast sessions all the time, just never <laughs> recorded any of these. But not everything ages well, and things that are rehashed doesn't mean that it's always going to be equally as good. And this series is done such a high standard that you can love the old series or you could not really know anything, but still appreciate the content because the story's there. It's very well developed. The characters are very well developed, but also the thing that I've always been critical of when you have kids and teenagers is: is it relatable to that generation. And there's so many common themes that every kid deals with growing up, which is acceptance, wanting to be accepted. Not wanting to be bullied, and all these things that we all de- dealt with, and the show really kind of capitalizes and maybe hyper hyperinflates some of these themes but it really adds to some relatability to these kids and i think for general i mean i mean it's definitely not rated for young kids but for your teenager to you know adult i mean you're going to find enjoyment and i i, I have to say i mean it's it's been probably one of the best series of any television i've watched in quite some time
0: there's so much tv out there but I am always glad when I find time to start a new one because it means I'm not just wallowing in the office for the 18th time. I'm not, I'm not or one Bos of those Burgers people. for <laughs> the 20th time. I, <laughs> I am
1: absolutely one of those people. I
0: do. I think we're just going to start doing it when we consider, well, should we just watch that same episode for the fifth time? I'm going to just say, no, we're not allowed to until we start the new thing that we actually wanted to get into and just uh, keep chickening it's, on. <laughs> it's, it's
2: tough. I relate because like, I can tell you, I've seen Parks and Rec like, seven times through before I will commit to watching something new. Yeah. And that's yeah, I've got to there's a lot of other good television out there that um I haven't capitalized on. So I guess, you know, I have the time right now. Uh thanks. <laughs>
0: Don't we all? <laughs>
2: thanks, COVID. Um <laughs> but uh, you know, I there is a lot of good stuff. But right now, one hundred percent recommend Cobra Kai all three seasons.
1: Yeah, Liz and I have started a couple shows uh that we are trying to work through we um we've started uh crazy ex-girlfriend so which we, we which we did enjoy um we haven't seen the new season of hilda we're actually hoping to do that soon and then um uh, uh doom patrol no uh, just started i was gonna get to that uh not kiki um <laughs> the one where the girl can change into a
2: jaguar
0: oh keepo Kipo. Kipo. Which I guess and the I age understand. of wonder beasts
1: is that
2: not white tiger or, oh sorry this is no. not marvel
1: yeah uh kipo and the age of the wonder beast which is so good we haven't finished the last season yet so we're um hoping to you know actually get our butts in gear and then of course as liz just said we just started doom patrol which i'm gonna eat up i love so it so odd. much
0: so odd. Aaron stayed up past his bedtime to watch another episode of that, so that's how you know it's Ooh. good. I know. Normally it's Vines at 10 p.m. until he falls asleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to get the memes. Got to stay gotta stay hip.
0: All right, boys, I'm going to give you five minutes of trivia. That's where you guys can share all the amazing IMDb trivia that you found while watching this film, because I know there's a ton of it, and I know you guys all know the same ones, so I'm going to make sure you go back and forth. And share the juiciest bits of behind the scenes stuff that you found for this film.
1: Um, let's yeah, we'll just do five minutes each, and then I think five then minutes. We'll each, each. No. Sorry, 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 uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Five minutes total. That's Pretty what I sure meant. Sure, we
2: look at the same IMDb. I don't know if there's <laughs> ten minutes worth of.
0: All right, give us, a, Aaron. You start us off. Give us a piece of trivia.
1: Um, uh, Adina Menzel and, uh, Kristen Wiig, both. Uh, auditioned for the role. And Kristen Bell? Sorry, Kristen Bell. Dang we did it.
0: just watch one of 84. <laughs> yeah, and that's, we got that's why. And... <laughs> um,
1: uh, Kristen Bell uh, both auditioned for this, and uh, that's it's actually part of the reason why they got into Frozen.
0: And you know, our hot take Tangled is better than Frozen. Uh,
1: you can argue with me all you want, uh,
2: internet, but. I'm going to believe what I believe. Haven't even seen Frozen. I can tell you it's still a better film. Whoa. Rich
0: hasn't. No, like that's a big cultural touchstone. Never seen it.
2: Yeah. That's when I left the theater and that was one of those things. Like, I'm not going. I don't feel like I'm losing anything by not seeing this. Um, Here's a really interesting stat for this. It is. Are they still? I haven't seen anything that d- says otherwise, but this is the most expensive animated film that's ever been produced at Toontune about two hundred forty-six million dollars, and that probably doesn't even include how much money they put into marketing. Uh, it, it when I say they pushed the technology on this, they definitely got their money's worth because uh, that is the most expensive non—I want to say Pixar or I think it, well, I think according to it said it's the most expensive animated film period
0: don't quote me i on don't this, think, but
1: I think, think so had... i think they've because uh what i just saw or just a minute ago it was definitely the most expensive film to date at that time now i believe it's been surpassed by a couple of movies
2: it could be i like i said I, They didn't say usually most of the people keep up to these on the, the remake
0: of the lion king to get beyonce must have cost at least 2.5 Jesus. million yeah but
2: do we really consider i mean it I, is I, I get that i'm like i don't to me you're in the same it's game. not live action yeah, but you're just, you're in the same vein as Beauty and the Beast and that that work Disney is now doing which is putting that spin on all their old films. Yeah. I know what you're saying. It is computer generated, but <laughs> the way that the movie is produced, it's not having you think that way.
0: Oh, no, they're definitely trying to make you think it's not that when it absolutely is. Um we we have talked about Lion King before. We did a whole episode on it and how oh, the more I, I
2: heard it was a good one. The more mm-hmm.
0: realistic you take a movie like Lion King, the less believable it becomes. Yep, uh, and that's just the shame of the premise was flawed from the beginning. There were cracks in the foundation from the wow. start, and
2: I think Disney's got some cracks on. The- this whole
0: process—you
2: started out with a bang, and
0: then it's been—they're gonna run dry eventually. There's no way they can keep this going. Where are you gonna and go John, next? John
1: Favreau's already done too, and they were both la- lackluster in
2: my opinion. You gonna
0: live action Black Cauldron? Like, where do you stop here, uh, Disney? <laughs> I'm a warrior. Well,
2: supposedly, I was just reading how they're looking for a live action version of this movie, Tangled. Oh, uh, no, uh, that's, that's... I'm
0: having a physical reaction. I think, that's, I think
2: that's just purely rumor at this point. I, but... God, I hope so. <sighs> it could it would only work
1: if Matt, Mandy Moore plays... And Zachary Levi, and, like, yeah, sure, yeah, bring that's, him back. And, but that's the only way. Just so. have
0: him do a table read. We'll sell tickets to a table read, <laughs> and I'll do it.
1: All right, so my next piece of trivia, um, in the lantern scene, whenever they start lining up the lanterns, they light up the same way her hair does, at the roots and then going down. And it even cool. kind of, even kind of swirls down Six-y because of her swirls. hair. Yep.
0: Oh, that's really cool.
2: Uh, I'm gonna one up Aaron on this one. I'm gonna do two <laughs> because they, because they kind of. Both... I mean, you you want to throw down? They, I'll throw they, it down. they do two because uh, it's the same kind of stuff. But in those lantern scene where they're releasing. They did 47,000 individual lanterns, which is just mind boggling to think about as an animator. You're trying, they didn't
1: have to do that. And uh, the dance scene, I think it was either 300 or 3,000 oh, yeah. people. Yeah, he's
2: trying to take away my Oh, stat. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. No, you're, you're right. There's they did over 3,000, which is the most figures in an animated film
1: that aren't all doing like the same thing yeah it's not where you can see four people immediately they're all like waving one arm and the next person is just kind of doing their hands
2: which is i mean honestly like you think about it and one of the things we talk about is attention to detail i mean this is what makes the movie special you have animators who truly want to make this movie at the highest quality and it doesn't feel like a reprint
0: this is a story that feels like it benefits from animation and music Because when you think about the lantern scene, you know how much money it would cost to get traditional animation, 47,000 lanterns? They would still be working on it. Like that, there's <laughs> Ten a- years <laughs> later. Uh, you guys, I don't know if you saw that they had to have like a whole separate program running Rapunzel's hair. Oh, yeah. Because the technology just didn't exist before it's then to s- animate hair that way. It's
2: the same algorithm they use for clothes, like cloth. Because
1: yeah. you actually see it whenever she's throwing her hair down. You actually see like how it, how it lays down. It's very similar to clothing. So, all right. One last one, and I have one last one, and then uh, I think that will be it for the uber
2: trivia section. <laughs> uh, uh, Well, I, I got my two in, so I'll get my third. Uh, we talked about this. Uh, evidently, some individual spent the time to calculate how much the hair was going to weigh i forgot you may want to look this up real quick but i forgot how long it is i think it's like 80 feet oh i I actually yeah i saw it on here um they said based on that length the hair itself weighs like
0: nine pounds which which is is an infant like just dangling off the back
2: of your head. <laughs> now, in all fairness, if you actually think about it, most of her hair spends the time on the ground. So it's not like she's lug- really the only time in the movie is when it gets braided. So, but for the most part, most of the heft is, is actually supported by the ground. But
1: yeah, they don't say how long it is uh, in this piece of trivia. I'm sure they do later on. Uh, but they do say it's approximate 9.2 pounds. So that's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe I like i i've had long hair in you know years gone past that will never happen again um
2: talk about cricking your neck (laughs) oh yeah
1: well uh and like i remember once i got it cut because i cut it short and then i but i there was one significant because it was down to my shoulders and then i cut it up too close to my head and then but i remember there was like one point where i cut a lot of it off all at once and i just remember like my head being lighter i'm like
2: Oh,
0: when you've had your hair to the waist and you cut it off to your ears for the first time in your life, the difference is significant.
2: Well, I'm getting there. You can they call it corona hair, it's getting shaggy. I'm going for the uh, that the Rapunzel look, so. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: all the rage. I don't know how
2: like attractive it is with not much on top, but definitely in the back. <laughs> I'm getting there.
1: So, uh, my last piece of trivia, um, so in the tower. Uh, Mother Gothel's bedroom actually has a door, whereas Rapunzel's only has curtains. So that means Rapunzel can never shut out Mother Gothel, whereas Gothel can have that choice. Uh, just to show how terrible of a person Gothel is. Not a character, but uh, as terrible as a person. So a terrible
0: person. And
1: then uh, to end the show, you um, had, we, we were talking, or Rich had mentioned earlier in the, sh- uh, the podcast uh, that he believes this is the best one of the 2000s are we? Uh, how are we Disney
0: gonna?
2: Disney
1: animated movies. Disney animated movies. I would argue to say
2: any animated film, but do you for so this like a, podcast? We should definitely keep it. Yeah,
1: we're gonna thing. stick it to because like, that
2: includes like How to Train Your Dragon, which ironically came out the same year.
1: This oh, I sorry, I thought you meant any Disney film. I was like, are you really gonna throw that hot take in there? Huh? You no, know, the hot take is I think this
2: is the best animated film that I can think of in the last twenty years that's not pixar um <laughs> but then, there are... that's a caveat
1: like it's I, a big I, caveat tangled well, is one of my like i don't know like top 15 top 20 we but...
0: discussed this when we were talking about best pixar movie mm. we all agreed in our group wally is obviously the best and we then did not include it in the rest of our like what are our top fives wally we don't even count because it's already the best it's so already we just, number one we for us excuse it now rich right. you were not part you, of that you, group. you were
1: you were just shaking mm-hmm. your head I, I will let you know this right now. So Aaron, we'll yeah, throw hands l- okay, on this. I, will, I will throw hands on That's this. Another
2: podcast. <laughs>
1: uh, I'll throw hands. Uh, uh, if you say one movie, I won't slap you, but I might verbally slap you. But what movie? What Pixar? And we're gonna get back into another thing else.
2: What Pixar do you think is the best Pixar? Gosh. I think the perfect Pixar film is Toy Story three. Okay. All right, no, we're that, you're fine. Okay, it, that's fine. But fine. I will have to say my personal favorite is up.
1: God damn it!
0: <laughs> we <laughs> we just talked about this last that's night. For,
2: if Molly, if you're listening to this, that's a straight
1: Molly. I disagree. Up is a fantastic 10-minute movie. Once you get past uh, Ellie passing away, it's not a
2: solid movie. The story is weak. I, st- I think you have to be a dog person. I remember- I love dogs. Uh, I lo- yeah, yeah, I don't see a dog in this house. Yeah,
1: because when we went there, we didn't see any dogs. We found, we found two cats. I remember- You don't see any children I have in this house pictures. either. Do we hate them? I have pictures of me hugging the dog and laying with it on Christmas
2: <laughs> Day this uh, 2020. I know this is, I, I know. Like, I love your dog this. too. And I've never met her. But I remember, cause this was when I was working both at the theater and at an animal hospital for which I worked 17 years at. I remember watching this movie and then going, telling everybody at the animal hospital that like every single one of them would love this because it is so relatable. If you, especially in that profession or you know, dogs very well, because I just thought that was to me, that was the highlight of the film. I mean, obviously the relationships and everything else. But like that aspect is what made the film my personal favorite. So
0: Doug was the thing that makes that. Absolutely.
2: And And I will watch every single one of those shorts or anything that they have (laughs) with that character. But when we talk about perfect Pixar film, I mean, and the reason why I bring Toy Story three up is because Tangle did not get nominated for best animated. And when you look at the list, it was Toy Story three, which one, which one, how to Train Your Dragon. Oh. I think it was two. I think it was the sequel. No, it's the
1: first. That's the first no, one. I'm going to call you okay. on that one. Call
2: me on that I one. was
0: in college, Aaron, when How to Train Your Dragon came out because you got I me was, a pirated version on my laptop and I, I was ran that thing all the time. And of course,
2: you know, I, I've already made this clear. I was working at the theater because I remember when I, it came out. I
1: can remember seeing a thing about how it uh, made the... It was after Iron Man. Oh no, that's where I—that's where I'm mistaken because uh, third highest grossing animated feature of t- 2010 after Toy Story 3 and Shrek Forever After. That's where I got mistaken. Yeah, oh. that's right.
2: And we kind of choose not remember that one. But
0: um, the third I, Shrek is it, it forgettable. Goes, yeah, choose the best mm, one. Agreed. Then four. Two, yeah,
1: two, one, four, three.
2: First one just makes me sad because it should have been Chris Farley, but. Yeah, but anyways, we yeah, we, this, this is a <laughs> Our conversations we end up on one road, we, and we can never stick to. <laughs> so um but yes non-pixar I, best animated film
0: of that's tough parts. running because how to train your dragon is one of my favorite animated movies and
2: i actually uh and rich
1: is correct uh they it didn't it got nominated for best original song right. uh but it did not get uh, nominated for best animated picture and actually people were kind of upset about it because Kay. a anime animated feature out of uh france got nominated but uh tangled did not and i was looking at it it's called the illusionist funnily enough
2: i remember that
1: um and uh i was looking at it It looks like a similar animation style to like um the three oh somethings um i think we should check it out i think it should be on our like on our future list so
0: i'm getting i'm getting more and more into other studios animation especially with wolf walkers like oh yeah
1: um studio uh cartoon saloon
0: just so good <sighs> Um, uh, so I think we should limit it even before I was going through the list of the 2000s like 2000 and 2010 there is some forgettable nonsense in there <laughs> so let's just bypass it because Tangle came out in 2010 I think we should move forward from there Tangled being our first one in the past 10 years oh, shit. has there been a movie to surpass Tangle because there are some good contenders in here worth discussing so yeah.
1: 2010 to 20 20- Yeah. so I'm going
0: to give it to you here I'm going to bypass everything that's not strictly Walt Disney Animation Studios so no Pixar's no Disney produced it or released it. No strictly blue sky. Disney
1: Animation Studio. Correct. Because there are some good ones yes. in Certainly. this. So this and of... uh,
0: the next one we come to is the Winnie the Pooh movie. I, I, I heard I heard is it was adorable. good and Darling. Yeah, and that's I, I, that's what we'll say about that. Nostalgic. I mean, but it, yeah. Yeah. our next movie is Wreck It Ralph.
1: Wreck It Ralph was good. I still put Tangled
2: up. It, to me, yeah, it you have strong you have both strong male and female antagoni- or protagonists that I think carry the movie better
0: than what Wreck-It Ralph does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frozen, which which is not seen, so we cannot confirm. I mean, I'm, based
2: I'll, on all the fact that all the children swim, I to me, I just did.
1: Uh... Frozen is a good movie, but to me, Frozen is the three D two thousand tens equivalent of The Lion King. Both fantastic movies, great, great movies, completely overhyped. over-hyped.
2: Yeah, I see I saw too many parents with tears in their eyes and PTSD of listening to let it go so yeah How
0: dare they make an enjoyable uh, endlessly repeatable song Liz's uh,
1: <laughs> uh, adoptive brother like couldn't stop singing it because it was one of the first things he learned in English
0: when he first came to the states yeah he was addicted to that song your
1: mom like made the Dj at your sister's wedding play it, sing it so he could sing it and he was he was so shy that he didn't sing oh,
0: it Oh, bless his heart uh after frozen we get big hero six oh,
2: i really like it is big good hero 6. it is i think the second half of that film was way better than the first it to me it took a long time fame
0: max and hero are so very very good the, the relationship f-
2: between the brothers was yep. so genuine and a faithful adaptation of the source material too, like, I mean, it's, I, I like the comic series. So. Except,
1: except for you know, well, uh, Fred doesn't actually turn into a monster. No, but I mean,
2: <laughs> you have to have side characters for toys, and that's basically how they ended mm-hmm. up with a lot of that. Our yeah. next
0: movie, Zootopia. Oh, oh my gosh,
2: that's guys, a...
0: there's a lot of good movies in the 2010s, but i
2: Zootopia Is Tangled better than Zootopia? I think the female protagonist in Zootopia is better than Tangled.
1: But, but the male is me
2: the overall story and how like the pace of it to me is utopia kind of started getting boggled down when they were doing the investigation stuff
1: i'd see yeah, that to me that's what helped drives the story
2: like i understand the there's a necessary evil sometimes but to me i felt like this movie Tangled at a better pace and uh, to me it was just, i don't know i i would put i i'm gonna
1: agree with you rich but on one specific or one key point um, the relationship between uh, Nick and Judy, Judy, thank you. Nick and Judy is genuine, is believable. The relationship between Flynn and Rapunzel is just that much better. It's it's so neck and neck, and they just get that one that, hundredth of that a second earnest, better.
0: Naive character against the cynical, world weary character. I've it's chosen good, to trust you. A horrible decision. Uh, I think we are getting into the point where these are all good movies, but. If uh, any of these movies has like a bad part, because I don't think Tangled has a bad part. No. It all fits. There's no slack. There's no like this is lacking sort of scene. And for Zootopia, the villain is the most lacking part. Yeah, of that the surprise film. villain. The yeah. story is Gosh, and the message villain. is great, but yeah. the villain is. Mm. Uh, next. The animation. Next. We forget about it. <laughs> Moana. So good. So good. good. Mm. Really
1: good music. Fantastic story. Great message. I'm going to put right now it's Tangled, Zootopia, Moana. One, two, three for that. I I like buddy cop movies and Tangled. Wreck-It Ralph
0: isn't in in there at all? I would put Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, for,
2: mm, I mean, you're talking about a legit top
1: five at this point. Yeah, I would say um, Wreck-It Ralph is number five and Big Hero 6 is number four for this specific list.
2: But, like, buddy cop movies are always my favorite, and Tangled has a great buddy cop style to it, where you have two characters. Or, that you know, Zootopia, usually. which is
1: almost literally a, is bu- a buddy a cop. a buddy cop, but... bunny
2: or- cop. Ah, oh, my ah, goodness. Ah,
0: <laughs> Aaron, I can't believe you made that pun
2: on, on air. <laughs> but I, do, I, th- I apologize for nothing. But for me, Moana, as great as it is, it really is, and I, I applaud Disney for continuously pushing story narratives as far as making it more about characters and developing it instead of just like again retreading old stuff but to me you know sometimes stories can be hard to further pretty quickly and to me Moana is one of those films that it takes a bit before the engine gets going enough to really it, dive in
1: it's like a diesel engine it like it takes a while to warm up but once it does and it's, it's good And it
2: hits i mean the music is fantastic i mean obviously it hits our boy more. lynn
0: so there is a part of moana that isn't there that lynn was working on in the original drafts of moana it was about a girl surrounded in a family of boys trying to find her place in her tribe among her people and dealt with That sort of issue. And I would have enjoyed seeing that because that's a very, that is a story of that culture as opposed to a white story using indigenous characters
1: you would call that a white story and indigenous character the
0: the the girl who is unsatisfied being the royalty of her people and wants uh, more than this provincial life like the very, yeah it's
2: a very european story but you story. don't think though that, i mean
0: i love the one as it's even as
2: like mulan i mean that's not exactly like talking about royalty but i mean it's a similar see that one still feels very steeped in the culture because
1: she pushes the boundaries of what it is it's to acceptable. is acceptable in you know um, the ho- the whole song at the beginning um, talks about it too, so it, or not the when she's trying to find the match. Anyways, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I can see that thought process. I still feel like it's steeped enough. You know, it might be a piece of white bread, but it's gotten enough flavoring on it that I <laughs> don't look at it as bread anymore. Fair it's enough. it's it's French bread because it's been fried. You know,
0: <laughs> after Moana, uh, I think we get a bit of our slump because the next one is Ralph Breaks the Internet.
1: Ralph Breaks the Internet was a fun movie. It does not hold a candle to the first one, but the side characters make up for mo- Excuse me, uh, most of the... the
0: second time you smacked that all on the floor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Give me some more. My biggest problem with Ralph Breaks the Internet is that it's taking two likable characters that work the first time, and then just using parlor tricks or using things that, like, Memes. It was basically a movie like making fun of how we use the internet and things like that. And it was to me, it, it didn't have as much as a heart. It wasn't a love film.
0: letter to the medium that they were exploring, like the first one was. Yeah, it arcades. wasn't a love letter to
2: and the internet. On, to be honest, I mean, we do podcasts here, but you know, for the most part, the internet is just a dark hole. <laughs> it,
1: it wasn't a love letter to the Disney princesses to have them all in one room, but it was still really that nice. Scene to was have. so good.
0: Though. It was
2: it was a nice payoff. Yes. You know?
1: But y- it, there was too much to get through, even with Gal Gadot playing this badass driver character. Yeah, that was essentially the woman version of Vin Diesel's character. Yes.
2: And, and I do like movies where they're meta, like it's understanding its own yes place in the world.
0: And then our wait, final- how did you
2: get here before us? I don't know. This is the according the map, we were just all
1: over here, and
0: by all accounts, it doesn't make sense. Yep. Another movie, *Emperor's New Groove*, that. To begin with, was this really important yeah. historical movie called Kingdom of the Sun? And it was going to be this big historic Aztec <laughs> epic, and they like and scrapped the gonna whole be... thing except the setting in llamas and made it into that.
1: But the, yeah, because it went from Kingdom of the Sun to basically a Prince and the Pauper set in uh, the Mayan times or Meso- Mesopotamia. Or... Oh no, no, sorry. No. Sorry, guys. Are you talking about
2: Aztecs or Mayans? Either. Um, I can honestly say I watched the movie, but it really, I mean, other than David Spade and... Um, John Goodman.
0: Yeah, it's the thinnest veneer of the culture, and that's yeah. why it doesn't get like brought up in cultural appropriation talks, because it's it's the thinnest veneer. It's it's not incidental It's, it's a Also, laurel, it's early
2: 2000s, so yeah. we, too. we escaped a, Twitter at that point.
0: And our final... It's Disney... a Laurel and
2: Hardy <laughs> yeah. w- animated, essentially.
0: And our final Disney movie is Frozen 2.
1: I, Which is, I I'm going to stick I, with my I know you um, don't like it. I don't. No. I don't I don't, like I don't it. hate it. Um It's
0: fragmented, I, but there are good things in there that I do enjoy. So I put on the same as Ralph very Breaks small. the Internet. There are good things in it that I like.
1: Yeah, I I I'd, I'd say the same thing. So, but my my top 5 is still Tangled, Zootopia, Moana, mm, no, Tangled, uh Zootopia, uh Big Hero 6, Moana. And then um, uh, Wreck-It Ralph.
0: Tangled, Zootopia, Moana, Wreck-It Ralph, and, oh, mm, I don't know. Big Hero 6, I guess, would be the fifth one at that point.
2: And I know I usually irritate you all. I treat movies like I treat food. I don't (laughs) rank pizza higher than pasta or hibachi, if I could, I would just eat it all at the same time. When it comes to movies, it's hard for me to say what's number one, whatsoever. I can tell you of the films that you've listed, I enjoyed Tangled the most. It's the movie that we can rewatch over and over. I can't honestly say with possibly the exception of like My Hero 6 or uh, Zootopia. Um, but there's certain movies like, you know, I'm like, tired. Like, okay, I've seen it. Like watch Tangled. Almost consistently. That would not be a movie, honestly, if I had a child. That I would just, you know, you always hear the, how these movies get, like, in almost a constant loop. That's not a movie that I would be opposed that that seeing
0: again and again. And Our again.
2: godson, um,
1: Sarah, who was on the Hamilton episode, mm-hmm. uh, her son, she puts on Frozen. Like, because he, uh, he loves it. Loves he loves it. He, like, they'll put it on, and then, like, whenever there's a scene with Anna on, he's, like, staring at the screen. And then whenever she's on, she's, he still wants the movie on. Boy loves redheads. Like.
0: Head <laughs> uh. I mean, but you'll note that none not of us. Not bad taste. I mean, yeah. you'll note that none of us put Frozen on that top five. I I think,
2: because like I know we've talked about this before in the sense of there are movies you watch as a child that you look back on very fondly and then you watch it as an adult and it does not have the same replay value. Yeah. Chicken Little is becoming that for I me. think for a lot of these kids that watch Frozen that enjoyed, they will watch this movie again and they will wonder where that same level was. level was. Where when you watch a film, obviously as an adult, you look at it through a different lens. So there are movies that will hold a little bit better and I think that's why, you know, we're sitting here talking about Tangled, because I think it's objectionably as a child or an adult, you can watch that film and still feel good about it. Well, I think they're just like to me, Frozen is just it, there's that curse or that consequence of over hyping something to the point that it never lives up if you're somebody who's like coming into it for the first time. So to me I think that's just kind of where Frozen sits. Yeah. You know, it's the same way when you somebody who like watched Star Wars like for the first time and they're like, Oh, you gotta watch this and then that same person doesn't see it the same way you do. Like
1: because yeah, even the prequel trilogy is getting a kind of a begrudging respect now. You know, we used to just shit all over it like, oh, Jar Jar sucks. Well, that's I have of high the ground.
2: last trilogy. But well, <laughs>
1: I disagree with that, but because I I didn't I I have a certain amount of enjoyment for the sequel trilogy, but uh, beyond that, I think I, I do believe you have a good point there, Rich. Because I believe that in the annals of time, Frozen will be respected for not only presenting you know a different way of looking at love and uh, presenting very good characters, but I don't think it's going to be remembered as fondly in later generations as
2: some of the other movies that we presented here. So and, and let's be very clear. I mean, we're talking about Disney animated movies. So the bar is already incredibly high. We're not talking about other animated films that I know I have watched through the process of working at a movie theater that honestly are just cash grabs for parent or to get from parents.
0: Yeah, I think it's really fair at this point to say that animation is not a genre. It's just a filmmaking device. And there are animated movies that are specifically made to target to very little children, which are not meant to have enjoyment for adults. That's not what they're there for. But then there are movies like Disney films. I'd say most DreamWorks films, Pixar films, that are meant to appeal to all and not talk down.
1: And I I wouldn't say all Pixar films, but a majority of the Pixar films. And the Disney animation has grown uh, and matured in these last 10 years um, because they were starting to do so back I would say even with you know the Princess and the Frog because they were trying they were learning they were experimenting. I
0: miss 2D animation so bad can I just say like I know Princess and the Frog didn't do well but I think that's a fault of the story and not the animation and I hate that animation is so expensive because I would really appreciate more of it. And I know we're not going to get it again the way that we used to, but there's something about that art form that speaks to me on such a high level in a way. It never looks old. It never looks out of date to see a 2D animated film.
1: And, and even these 3D movies, like I was noticing a little bit like with the skin textures of, um you know, Flynn and Rapunzel, like you can subtly see that she has uh, freckles on her nose. And I like that. It's a very subtle touch. Um, but like with their arms and they looked a little clayish. Yeah. but yeah. I think that was just because I remember back at the time that I remember thinking the animation was really, really good. And now that we've come to, th- through Zootopia and, um, record, uh, Ralph breaks the internet and stuff where it still looks cartoony, but it has a little bit more definition or now
2: with soul where you can
1: actually see like pores.
0: Rich, have you seen soul?
2: I have. It's a absolutely incredible installment. Um. It, this will always be my biggest thing. It deserved a theatrical release. Yep. And I understand the times, that, and you know where I sit on this, <laughs> but you lose a lot watching a movie like that at home compared to watching it
0: yeah. at a theater.
1: I would say, like, if Disney does do something where they go, hey, we are going to release this back into the theaters uh 2021
0: once. or 2022, it'd be great if they said, hey, all the movies we released... We're going to like re-release McGinnon in theaters. One they'll make money. Mulan. Except for Milan. <laughs> God.
1: I know I know they'd make money on that but that movie was terrible. <laughs> we like Liz and I like were with my folks and we literally only watched the first, first ten, five, 10 minutes. And and I and we both looked at each other like I, I know I have problems with this movie already, but like I was looking over at Liz a couple of times. I'm like, really? And, I was and you did the same thing, too. Oh my gosh. They're,
0: they're enjoying it. Let th- it
1: wasn't my mom, it was my dad.
0: It was the same thing with the live action Beauty and the beast. At the end of it, there was something wrong, and I wanted to scream. And there was a small little girl dressed in her Belle outfit, and I said, Take me out of this theater. I don't want to wreck her time. She clearly enjoyed it. I this. think I
1: drove you home and just let Get you Get me rain out too. of here
0: right now.
1: <laughs> so, um,. Y- Uh, I think we have our lists, and uh, we have an appreciation for Rich for joining us. A rich appreciation. A rich appreciation. (laughs) Your face when we said that was clearly you've never heard
0: that. I am never
2: coming back. (laughs) People are insane. Is that your name or your financial status? Currently, it's definitely not my financial status. (laughs) Uh,
1: I mean, I I would say like come come to me when you've got the AA Ron, but I think that's still worse. (laughs) (laughs) Um so
2: oh, no, you I grew up when Macaulay Culkin released that movie, uh, Richie Rich. Uh, and there so, is my a, deepest
0: sympathies. There is yeah. a name that
2: I will absolutely refuse to go by and that is Richie. And uh I have a very sweet dear neighbor. Uh if my mom is listening to this she'll laugh. I have a very sweet dear neighbor. She's insanely nice, love her to death, but she has only ever called me Richie. And I tolerate it for her only, but for everybody, I just, uh, um, no. Yeah. Thanks, Macaulay. <laughs> <laughs> my uh,
1: my my father, um, when he was growing up, was called Jimmy because his father's name is Jim, too. And um friend of the podcast, John, uh, has someone in his life who is called Johnny that he does, so he does not want to be called Johnny um, as well. And there was one exchange that I just so happened to witness, and I will always forever love it, uh where uh, my dad and John were talking and uh, he goes hey thanks a lot Johnny and John knew, knew the whole thing about Jimmy and he goes oh yeah you're welcome Jimmy and my dad stops and looks at him and he goes don't call me Jimmy and John goes don't call me Johnny and that was the end of it and it was just so glorious and they both just kind of like had a little bit more respect for each other it was really cool <laughs> um and then uh, a buddy of ours uh Steven, who's been on here uh his last name Actually, I don't know if I should do this. Uh, thank
0: you for remembering. Okay. Finally, in without me having to tell you or cut it out, that we shouldn't reveal the last names of I, people I on the like, podcast. I
1: was like, I was like, so ready, and then I'm not going to do that. Please so don't. Thank you thank probably you. just cut this whole segment out. I will. Um, anyways, thank you again, Rich, so much for joining us uh, tonight. Uh, we really appreciate not only you coming in and watching the movie with us, but spending time and ranting and raving with us on the
2: podcast well i i I, look the appreciation is all on this side of the table um because we're just doing what we already do (laughs) which is we watch these films and i know like aaron and i have talked about it i'm we have both discovered that we are both massive ducktail fans and so (sighs) So i mean i don't want to like throw out something that may not happen but uh I'm thinking of maybe like Steven universe esque style of doing ducktales because the whole three seasons and it hasn't finished yet is I think the best well-written animated show on television since last airbender. Um, That's just me personally. Now I do not spend a lot of time watching animated stuff on television, but for somebody who watched the original ducktales and stuff to me, it's, it's extremely well done, but um, I, when we talk about movies, and you guys love movies, and you all have the same threshold that I do, which is not wasting time on bad movies, but <laughs> good movies always deserve to be talked about because, like good books, they provide they provide different perspectives, and anybody can watch a movie or read a book and come away with a completely different perspective or an insight than somebody else didn't. So I didn't know how Hermione's name was pronounced
1: until the uh, audio of uh or until the i listened to the audiobook
2: yeah and then you know and i hate to say it i am that one person that's actually i go like actually yeah yes (laughs) i I am that person. Oh, bless you. And Liz rolls her eyes all the time when Aaron and I start going into the actually duel of movies because, you know, we just like to be. But why she try to limit us to the five minutes. More
0: so I'm angry because I had to train that out of my system so early in life. And the fact that you both get to do it, it irks me.
2: (laughs) But well, but we well actually I them. let you do it. it I
1: let you I let you get away with some <laughs> but you know because I like to know I want to keep <laughs> educating that's why you and I get into these sessions because I want to know I want to absorb as much I want to.
2: uh eats all this information well when you love something you you want to give everything it's due and you don't want to shortchange anything so it's but it is there's like a toxic version of it too so but no i we love this and i you know honestly when i came on did the blues brothers podcast that was something that you all knew that i liked that you all didn't see and i wanted to share that with you and i'm really happy that you all enjoyed it as much as i did um but it was kind of nervous because it's like, okay, I'm about to get on and start talking. Who really wants to listen to this? And then listening to your all's hundredth episode and finding out that it made this list. And it's like, well, okay, there is some validation in talking about these things. And if you can make it entertaining, then you drive more and more people to this aspect. And I think you, you all do an exceptionally good job at it. So
0: and that's um, why Rich rates us five out of five stars. Five on- out of five.
2: <laughs> I, I, I am not a huge raider person, but I, I have spent the time to at least put that non-bot bot. Yeah, we, but do you guys the- go through all that? Do you go to the, uh, it India or Pakistan and buy all your reviews? Is, is that how? <laughs> no. Clearly,
0: the yeah. fact that we have none <laughs> yeah. means that we are doing that
1: exactly. So, come if you're on, listening, we would on, love a review. Come on,
0: someone be the first. Please Just come on,
1: rate us. I've been rated twice on my stupid little webcomic. And one was five stars and the other one was like one, I think, or two. So I'll take Everyone's it because it puts me critic. in the middle. I don't care. I'm not doing it to make money. I'm doing it because I just like sketching. We're
0: here for the love of the game. Exactly. We're
1: <laughs> And we're here for the love of the podcast. So again, Rich, thank you so much. Um, it, remember, if you want to get that audiobook of The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea, hop on audibletrial.com, such to the Idea. Check us out on Facebook, Patreon. Uh, we're not on Instagram I was about to say that I don't know why Um, but all of our places that we said earlier in the plug party and I'm sure Liz is just enjoying the shit out of this especially as she's uh, uh, editing it so as
0: the editor I enjoy when we do our Minnesota goodbyes at the end of the podcast I'm
1: trying to wrap it up (laughs) you're doing very good All right. so until next time she's been Elizabeth
0: he's been Aaron and and we're we're married married to to the idea. idea